Hello, I'm Kristen Perisonotto. And I'm Hannah Ferguson, and we're co-founders of Cheek Media Co. This is the Weekly Cheek Podcast. And then one day she just told me that she votes conservative, and I was like, what? You're evil. I mean, they wanted you to succeed more than they probably wanted to push on agenda. Incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. Welcome back to The Weekly Cheek. In this episode, we are joined by one of our newest contributors, Emily Coogan. We're talking about politics, as always. We talk about people who just vote how their parents vote and why it's so important to do your research before voting and what people mean when they say that they are fiscally conservative but socially progressive. Enjoy the episode. Do you ever think about, like, when I watch reality shows like The Bachelor or Married at First Sight or things, one of the things I constantly think when I watch these, like, toxic relationship breakdowns is these, uh, it's usually women, will go into a situation like, do you notice how, you know, on maths or whatever, women will be, like, getting ready for the wedding and they're so concerned with whether the guy will like them, but they never think about whether they'll like the guy. Yeah. They want to go into that situation and be like, this person is attracted to me. This person likes me. Oh my God, I'm in. They actually don't sit and reflect on whether they actually like them at all. Mm. Because the sheer fact of this man choosing them, wanting them, like engaging them and saying, I like you and you know, I want this and this and this for us, that defines whether they like them. And they never actually sit back and work out whether they want to be with this person, what this person is offering them, if this person is interested in them. Mm-hmm. Huge problem. So I'm constantly thinking about it both ways. It's like in a job interview. I go in and I want to impress, but I'm constantly concerned with like, do I want to work here? Do these people excite me? Does this conversation spark my interest? Because if the people who are interviewing me, I'm terrified of, or it's a stale conversation or the questions are really rough or just like the entire conversation isn't flowing. I'm like, do I want to work here? Mm. They might offer me the job because they're impressed by me, but like, what's my stance? Yeah. But I think it's, I don't think people think about it both ways. I feel like that's just a general self-awareness though. Like there's a difference between being self-aware and just... Yeah, no, you're completely right. Mm. But it's scary. It is scary. 26 women go on The Bachelor every season and they're like, pick me! But has, like, who, how many have actually left because they're like, he doesn't interest me. Yeah. And you hear so many past contestants say that. They don't even know if they like the guy. Yeah, and Mm. just because they're in that environment and so many people are saying, he's so great, he's so great, you must like him, they end up liking him. Yes, it's because they're like, has he picked me? Humans mm-hmm. are very simple creatures. Yes, yes, they are. But it's like concerning to me because I think that they give this time to the man to decide, do I like her? Like, what do I think of her? Blah, blah, blah. Who's hotter? Who's notter? Like, blah, 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 blah. I can't mm. I just said that that was so embarrassing. <laughs> but the women are sitting there like, how do I look? Is he paying attention? Like, and it's not actually about the substance of the conversation, whether they like them. I think it's a huge part of like healthy relationships and like, again, self-awareness. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You could probably translate it to friend. It's probably true, like relationships, work. It's actually one of the like the best um, interview job interview advice I ever got was before I interviewed for my what ended up being my first full time job, and um, I asked this this guy who had been in the industry for like decades, and he said, "Make sh- like make sure you remember that you're interviewing them as well as they're interviewing you." Mm-hmm. Also, like promptly ignore that advice. <laughs> unfortunately for me yeah. but anyway but now mm. i do it it's um, hard when it's your first job as well yeah exactly but i think it's so true with yeah even like friendships i feel like i know some a lot of people in their mid-20s have kind of had like friendship breakups with people who they've known since school because they kind of took a step back and were like hang on what do we even have in common like mm. do i actually is this someone that i like at all mm. and that has happened to me before whether whether it's like the issues were there the whole time with the person and you ignore them or they've just like 
changed in a different way to you or they haven't grown and you've grown or the opposite way or I think it's yeah I think it was just because we're all like so caught up in ourselves yeah everyone just thinks about themselves all the time and everyone thinks about how others see them yeah but it's not really about how you actually feel yeah wow well, really went for it there. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling existential. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like spiraling now. <laughs> this is back to my conversation about me like lying in bed like, what if I was a worm? <laughs> like, that, like that self-awareness. What if I was? What, what would happened? you do? Would someone step on me? Probably. Probably. Well, worms are not very nice. Like people don't like worms. I don't know why. It's because they're like squirmy and gross and slimy. They don't have legs. But isn't it scary when they do have legs? Yeah. Caterpillars. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like a, like those, a centipede? Yeah, a worm with rare, legs. Rare-legged worms. I think we can segue this to... Politics? Yeah, and I think this is how Speaking I'm of worms... <laughs> Have you <laughs> seen Peter Dunn? Yeah. <laughs> Peter Dunn... Honestly, federal election coming up... I when? Ne- um, well, you know. It's been a year. I have someone who knows things about stuff told me that it was September. A reliable source. A reliable source. Wow, TV exclusive. So I live remarkably close to Peter Dutton's electorate, like disturbingly close. It pains me Mm. how close. But those people are just idly by. Like I just, I'm just so, I don't, what? No. People. Yes. (laughs) Because sometimes. I'm just so. A lot of times, and I think we spoke about this off the podcast. But a lot of the time, people go into the voting booth and they don't know anything about these people, these individual people, which, like, you should definitely look into them. But they're just voting with the party that they always align with. But with Peter Dutton, it's different. Everybody knows Peter Dutton. So you, they are, those people are actively voting for Peter Dutton, the person, not just the Liberal Party. But and then, that bothers me. I think my question about this is, though, do you think that... And this is just a personal opinion. I'm, this is not... Oh, my God! <laughs> but do you think that... Um, the sheer fact that, like, for example, Anastasia Palaszczuk is the member for Inala, right? Do you think that when people from Inala go to vote, they see that Anastasia Palaszczuk is actually the person on their ballot? And because they know who she is because she's the premier, they vote for her, not really considering what she does for that electorate. And I actually think she does good work for that electorate. But based on the fact that they just have a prominent person on their ballot. Like, imagine having Scott Morrison on your ballot. R.I.P. R.I.P. But, like, is that why, do you think? I think so, because a lot of people will just see a name that they recognize and human nature dictates that, oh, they're familiar. Let's go with them because Mm. you want the known over the unknown, even if you don't actually think about what that known is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree. I guess it would, it could happen the other way around because I think Palaszczuk got about a 72% vote on the last state election, which is huge, but there probably is like that specific, the, you know, 30 ish percent that didn't vote for her probably very specifically did so because they would have done the opposite like looked at that saw power shame was like oh well we don't like her because she's close supporters or whatever and purposefully did not vote for her so it probably i think it goes both ways it's it show i think it's a very good sign that our premier has such a huge vote in her own electorate it would be a problem if she like just made it. Well, I think that traditionally the pa- the politicians that are in like the PM premier roles are in really safe seats. Yeah. Right. So like for example, I remember John Howard was voted out of his own seat at the same time that the Liberals lost the um, the, 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 the the win. Yeah. Um, in two thousand and seven. So Maxine McHugh actually won John Howard's seat, and I remember my mum like was like, "Holy 
fuck. It's not just like liberals lost. It's like he, wow, he got also he dumped. Lost, it's yeah. like a huge, huge loss. Yeah. I also remember, and this kind of takes me back, and it's a bit of an example of like the difference it makes when you know who the politician is on the ballot, is that. Um, my dad accidentally voted Labour once when I went to vote with him <laughs> in a federal election when I was about eight or nine. Um, he accidentally voted Labour and he'd never voted Labour in his life. And he came home and my mum my mom and dad went to vote separately because they just had errands to run. Mm -hmm. um, and when dad took me to netball, I went and voted with him. And then he went home and he was like all giddy with himself. And mum was like, which one did you vote for? And dad was like, X. And she was like, that's fucking Labour. And then he was like, oh, well, I liked what their policy said on the brochure. Oh, and I was like, God. but this is the thing. The brochure said Labour on it. Yeah, I know. Probably bright red. <laughs> but I remember it so distinctly because I was like, well, isn't that how you should vote? Like, technically, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you should turn up and look at the dot points and be like, that one. But yeah. it's interesting that it can be that, like, m my parents can read. Quite actually, they've had prominent jobs in a prominent overseas company and travel a lot for work. They're both very successful people. And my dad accidentally voted Labour. <laughs> and I think about that all the time and I'm like, this is not a dumb person. This is not someone who struggles to read. This is a very bright man in terms of his job and his work and his mm -hmm. life. And he accidentally voted for a party that he was like, oh, I would never. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, so constantly think about that. Like, it does matter. And I think it's important that we don't have, I, I think it's important that we don't turn up as a country to the ballot and vote Liberal or Labour. I think it's yeah. important that we vote for a person yeah, and yeah. not to the PM yeah. like America does. Yes. Mm. But people don't know that they're not voting for the PM. They still, people still don't know that. I mean, technically they are. No, they're not. They're voting for their MP. Yeah, I know, because they don't have to vote for a major party. Whereas yeah. I feel like in America, you don't really vote third party. Not really. Well, the, um, the, there what is that party's name? What I don't know what it is. In America? The yeah. Lib yeah, oh, Libertarian. Yeah. yeah, they got like a million votes for their presidential candidate in 2020. Yeah, so 0.3%. Yeah, yeah, tiny, mm. tiny. Yeah. Um, but... But well, actually, out of the whole votes, though. Yeah. I mean, she was the most significant. It was a woman, too. She was the most significant of all of the minor parties or the independents. Mm -hmm. But but no, but Australians, we're not supposed to vote for the PM because we're supposed to vote for the person in our who's going to represent our electorate know, and our interests. It in still the, is a contributing fact. Like, you can't deny that you're technically influencing who the prime minister is. But, but the way that our political system works is we're supposed to be voting for the party in power, not the specific prime minister. Yes. Because we have no impact on... Yes, and they can change one million times as they've shown. Yes, exactly. They've yes. just been putting that on display, promoing it, really. Yeah, yeah. but which is... I think it's I think it's changed because people don't know that. Because mm. it's not... Well, it's not taught in schools, first of all. Like, how are you supposed to learn it ever? You just have to look into it by yourself, which means you have to think to look into it by yourself. And people but, don't, because people don't care. But then again, people want to go on the comment section on Facebook, but then they might accidentally vote Labour. Like, this is... <laughs> I just I have a problem with people also like voting against their interests because which is what your well your dad didn't do that but he w would have if he knew yes he would have voted the liberal candidate even though he agrees with the Labour candidate what proportion of people do you think vote and I'm talking about young people now because I think your parents have to be alive and well for you to think in this way or at least know you think this way how many young people our age do you think vote just copy their parents I think many many and even some of my friends who have very similar values to me and i would assume they vote one way have <laughs> said they vote the way that their parents do and 
But would they, do they specifically say, oh, I vote for blah because my parents do? Yes. and So it's, they're aware of it. They're aware of it. And it's almost like they're proud of it because they don't see what's wrong with that. They don't see themselves as some like autonomous mm. voter. They just see themselves like a head on wheels. Like, my <laughs> my mum has an investment property, so I'm going to vote. Basically, <laughs> like, my dad has a business and has benefited from whatever tax. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. And that's so often it. And I'm, I, but the thing is, is like, it's confusing to me because I think part of my brain thinks how many families sit around and talk about politics. I guess I think now we do as adults that go to family lunches, it's a bit more of a contentious topic, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we're also saying people don't have like, I, I ha- I'm in two minds about this where part of me thinks like people go to family lunch and usually there's a political debate at the table. And then there's another part of me that thinks like people don't really consider politics in their personal life at all. It's kind of difficult, isn't it? Mm. Like when you think about it, like it's a very hot topic at like family things, at friend things, and you know how your friends vote. Like most people know. Yeah. But then again, I'm also concerned about this whole portion of Australia that turns up and might vote for Labor accidentally, like my dad. But I think the other thing is a lot of people like this stuff, especially. Um, and this was like a big thing on the internet, particularly around Halloween in America and Christmas. Is like, oh, you know, getting like prepped for my conservative uncle type of means and things like that is people will can talk about contentious issues at lunch and at family lunches and whether that is just to like stir people up like from either side like stirring up other family members or try to engage their family members in a meaningful discussion Mm. i don't actually know how much that actually converts to politics in terms of like literally voting or if it's just like oh you know um blm was a hot topic i'm gonna bring that up at lunch because i would like to you know, have that conversation. And I know that this person and that person are going to lose it on me. Mm. But then I wonder how much, like, I don't think people put that together with politics because there's lots of people that I know and who I'm related to who are like, I agree with this, 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 and this, but I'm going to vote for a party that does not have policies that align with my values. So I wonder how much, like how many times, if you ask someone, do you talk about politics at home? And they say no, but they will talk about, um, you know, the housing crisis, refugees, um, BLM. So I wonder how much, because I just, I really don't think politics is like a dirty word in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think people relate the two together. I, but I wonder if we put, and maybe this is something to think about doing, but I think our audience is a bit skewed. What if we put out a poll asking basic questions about voting and how Australian politics works? Yeah. Like, I don't think, and I mean, I'm not even, I couldn't hand over heart say I know all the information, but some specific questions about, um, you know, at council, state and federal level voting. And like, if people know the difference and identify how our voting system works. Mm. Like, I mean, I, and again, I'm not the expert on, you know, the electoral commission, but... I think that it'd be an interesting poll to ask people about how they vote, why they vote, and, and what they think about voting, yeah. and what they think about the systems that we have in place, because I think we'd have a really interesting result of like what people understand about how voting works in this country. Agree. Did you grow up in Brisbane? I did. I've lived here my whole life. Okay, because mm. Hannah and I both came from like regional areas. Mm. Okay. Do you think that your friends not understand the like? Do you think they understand the voting system? I think in my immediate circles and at school, some of the circles that I'd run with, like the debating group and things like that, mm-hmm. it was very much an echo chamber. So people were similar to me mm-hmm. and they had some, at least a very basic mm. level of understanding about how politics generally works in Australia. But in say my bigger circles or groups who say, don't do the same uni yeah. degrees as me, that sort of thing, I think they would have not a clue. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes, I think it's also because there's certain elite groups and like when you are someone who was involved in law, debating, certain university cohorts, certain university groups, like, um, and then certain like social groups outside, like if you volunteer, mm -hmm. if you do X, Y, and Z, there's very specific groups that you can move in that have very specific perceptions. But I don't think those debates either, like when I would go into those environments, like I don't think you're necessarily talking about like how voting works. I think it's just like, well, we all vote liberal, or well, we all vote green, yeah. or well, we hate voting. Like, mm. It's not even like a talk about how it happens or yeah. the system itself, or even like, I think the other complexity with it is like, you're voting for a politician, you're voting for a person who's going to represent an electorate, who might be part of a party, might not be, but they also have very specific views and can even be factional within their party. So you might have a candidate that's like a really right-wing Labour person. It's like, well, that's completely different because you might be a hardcore Labour supporter, but on the left faction, right? Yeah. So then it's tough because you're like, should I vote Green because I don't agree with this person? Mm. What if the Lib happens to have better views than the Labour? So it becomes more complex because you're like, am I just voting for the colour in yeah. this situation? Green, red or blue? Or yeah. independent? Or, I mean, Hunters, Shooters, Fishers is the party in orange, I'm pretty sure, that's in power. Seriously. I'm not sure what level. Council? <laughs> that sounds so like a boating camp in fishing ad. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, my, and I talked to my mum about it, I was like, genuinely, did you vote for them? And she was like, he's really good for the area. Okay. I'm fully serious. <laughs> mum, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but it's like, it really Stop. sounds bad. Okay? Like, <laughs> but we don't know what that person's... No, I don't. Yeah, so, I mean, That's they might actually have... The party is hunters, shooters, fishers, though. For, for real, that's the title of the party. Yeah, I've heard, I've seen the party on the ballot sheet. Yeah, but I, I just I think it's like I think not it's really a thing in Brisbane. Maybe, maybe it's state level, or maybe it's a federal. Sure. Maybe it is federal because I've seen it here. But the the other like the thing about the major parties is even if you agree with the individual candidate, you do need to take into consideration that they are going to almost definitely always vote with their party. Which is why I'm always a proponent of like looking into independent candidates and also just looking into your that specific person's um, belief systems and morals, not just whether like what party they're in. Um, but I think because at the moment in Brisbane we've got a liberal or an LNP council and it's like quite a majority. They've got a pretty big majority, and then they've got um, a handful of Labor councillors, one Greens and one Independent, who all vote. You, or who all usually vote together and they usually vote to oppose the mm. LNP. And that means, unfortunately, that nothing that's not an LNP agenda gets done. Which I So I think that needs to also be considered, I guess. Which is, I think, why people just ignore the minor parties or independents because they're like, well, they're never going to win. Um, something's just come to me and it's probably a really weird and irrelevant question, but I'm going to ask it based on what we said. So like, I was thinking about like, you're saying you research candidates and like, you do like things that I consider to be quite normal that I would do before an election, right? Not every election. Cause some things I care about less than others, but especially coming up to this federal, it'll be mm. federal next, right? Huge. It's really awful to watch the numbers of men supporting liberal party, not dwindle and the numbers of women be like all over the place. Yeah. Right. My question is, why do we care about what an influencer eats in a day, but people don't <laughs> care about what politicians do? Like, what is it? What is it? Politicians are old men, predominantly. Mm. And they're talking about things that we don't understand and therefore we won't yeah. want to seek out and listen yeah. to. Yeah. Because if I have absolutely no interest in one topic and a politician is talking about it, it's going to be really hard for me to engage with that. Yeah. Mm. And when... 
most of the population isn't politically engaged in the first place, mm. there's nothing that's really enticing them to yeah. want to be involved. Mm -hmm. You're right. I also think that um, in terms of how, like their image, particularly with young people, like the, like the Liberals and the LNP actually do not actively try to engage young people, I don't believe. Mm. Or if, if they're trying, then they've, um, they need to get some consultants in because they're not doing a very good job. Yeah. So I think that they're not trying to make it like, like influencers for whatever reason, we're interested and drawn to them. But I, well, you're not. Hannah's above influencer culture. It's, I didn't even know any of the influencers. I actually do follow one influencer <laughs> who's a mum. I don't even know why. I just like. Oh yeah, which one? Her name's Amy Gerard. She's not like a fake mum. She's just like, oh, here's my son. He's shit on the floor. Oh, that's like, funny. I, just I like that. <laughs> Influencing. Fake <laughs> <laughs> influence. Um, but they don't try and like politics is still not geared to young people in Australia, mm. and our vote is not really pay that much attention to and they've haven't made any effort to make it accessible to us mm -hmm. or even talk about issues that we care about like i know i mean we all should care about super and retirement and like the pension but we don't we don't care about that stuff so every time the lmp like launches some type of attack on labor that's like they're stealing your super we're just like what? I don't know what you're talking about. And I wonder where it starts because, like, do you remember going to Canberra on, like, a school camp or something? I didn't do that. Oh, I didn't do that. I forget you guys are from here. But, um, <laughs> like, I, wish I, did. I remember going to, on my year four camp, we went to Canberra and everyone was so excited to, like, see the snow. And we went to Old Parliament House and mm -hmm. Parliament House and I was like, I'm going to see a celebrity. And that was a politician for me. Like, if I saw a politician, I was like, and I went home, my favourite part was the Electoral Commission, and it's probably one of the most embarrassing stories of my life, because my parents thought it was so hilarious that they paid, like, multiple hundred dollars for school camp, and I was like, I love the Electoral Commission, I saw, like, the voting system. And I was, like, in year four, and my parents went to, like, every family barbecue or, like, family friend barbecue, and they're like, this bitch, oh, get a load of this guy. Great for <laughs> Hannah, was just a nerd. Yeah, I, think I was such a nerd. And I went into Parliament, and they said, maybe we'll get to see question time, and I was like... Oh my fuck! Like I was on the edge of my seat, and I had to leave early, and I like cried. Oh, time. Like, that's terrible. Awful, right? What year four knows what question time? But I was so excited about it. Yeah. And then I think like, but then my perception was that everyone was excited about it. But maybe I was wrong. But my thought was like, what changed? Because then they were celebrities for me. And honestly, now like if I got to go to Canberra, I would be in awe. Same. Because I'm like, this is the place where it can happen. Yeah. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. But this is the place where it can happen. Yeah. And if I was so excited that the electric commission is a small, small child with a very large backpack, what has happened? But now, uh, that's why I'm like influenced. I don't want to see, like, I resent those everything I eat in a day shit for yeah. different reasons as well. Yeah. But like, Problematic. I think about those things and I'm like, we literally spend like six hours on our phones a day. We spend how many hours behind a computer screen? How many mm. hours watching television? And the thing is, is that I think about this and I'm like, our culture is really into like what's the newest documentary on Netflix? Yeah. See Spiracy, Don't Fuck With Cats, Fire Festival. Mm -hmm. Like we are interested in learning. Yeah. Like, there is an there is something about us that is drawn to information and, and finding out new things, but we could not give a fuck about things that are actually gonna matter. Yeah. To us. The other thing is with the um, documentaries on Netflix and stuff, usually people watch them because they're on the top ten trending. So yeah. it's like, it's, it's, just, it's like put there in front of your face. It's just like, here, do you want this? Yeah. All you have to do is click on it. Whereas this stuff, it's still so inaccessible because that's how it's been set up that we actually have to look into it ourselves. Yeah. And mostly with 
people who watch documentaries they just watch the documentary they don't do any background research mm. and that's the knowledge they have yeah so for example with a documentary like seaspiracy it might be that knowledge will be super biased because yeah. they're not going to do any other research yeah mm. that's actually so true and i think about things like when um the britney higgins allegation came out and stuff like that i was like watching four corners every week but i actually haven't done that in years yeah like i haven't turned on australian story i haven't watched four corners i haven't really been interested like i haven't been combing news websites i comb news websites when it specifically matters to me like mm. i had the new york times open on refresh for the entirety of the u.s election mm -hmm. i haven't really looked at any politics in the u.s since because and again it's not right because i should be holding you know joe biden and watching what's happening there but for me i'm like it seems like it's safe all right yeah. turn my attention <laughs> but the other thing is i think that and i think i actually want to do a whole episode about this because it's something that really bugs me is that a lot of people particularly young people really like latch onto american issues and it's it's not even in a way that's like, because I know that there's some people, and I think this is generally of an older demographic, who are like, oh, America's such a mess, like, we're so much better off. I'm like, first of all, are we? <laughs> um, but second of all, I think that what is the point of being so engaged in American politics if you are not even, if you don't know what's going on in your backyard? That, yeah. I think that's just some kind of way to, like, engage or be seen to be engaging without actually being affected by the issues, because we know that we're safe. Like, no matter how bad, I mean... I guess with Trump, it, it's probably worse because he did he could impact the whole world. But no matter how bad you know um, things got in America, like we were still we're still fine. Like we can still walk around in the street without you know worrying, being worried about getting shot or like worrying about certain things that happen in America that we're seeing on the news that we're like, oh, that's terrible, that's mm. awful. It's just not. I think it's some kind of I don't know. I just think it's like posturing being really engaged in American issues when you're not engaged in Australian issues. I find it frustrating because I think that like as citizens of Australia, mm -hmm. we have a duty to be informed mm -hmm. and to be engaged with politics to some degree. You yes. don't have to make your whole life revolve around it, but yeah. you do have to, as you said, do some research into your local candidates mm. and actually um, read news articles and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think we have a duty yeah. mm -hmm. to do that. Whereas so many people, they will just look at whatever's happening on social media and engage with the American issues, but yeah. then not Australia. Mm. And Exactly. Then the result is that we end up with a worse situation in many regards. Yeah, exactly. Because people are so distracted. I actually remember, and this is a bit hypocritical because of what I just said, but because the, um, the US election was happening within a week of the state election in Queensland, I was like following both and I actually was quite engaged with the state election um, because one of the reasons I was so like focused on it is because I thought don't let this be a repeat of the 2019 federal election because mm -hmm. I was like everyone's like no it's okay Labor's safe but I was like but that's what we thought in 2019 yeah. um so that's most of mostly the reason why I was engaged and I also thought the dynamic between like Deb Frecklington which was basically like a weird clone of Anastasia Palaszczuk. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Her evil twin. Exactly. Also, that was when we launched Cheek, so we were very on top of like all the political stuff, and Sorry. it was like high, high, you know, political time. And someone who was a Gen X um, guy, man, person, um, <laughs> said to me, because I, I, like, we had a Zoom call, I think, and he was like, oh, what do you, you know, how's your week been? I'm like, oh, yeah, good, just like, you know, following the election. And he was like, oh, do you, the American election? I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, well, have you been more engaged with the American election or the state election? I was like, well, I've been in, engaged in both, but 
the stakes feel higher for the American election because there's so much more to lose. And he kind of like low-key roasted me. He was like, yeah, I found that a lot with like young people. They're always, they're just engaged in the American election. And I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of get what you mean, but I thought, I think that he was just wanted to say that and didn't expect me to say that I was engaged in the, in the state election. But mm. I don't know. I think, I think that one was a little bit different because Trump's reign like could have affected the entire world. But I don't think you should be engaged in one at the expense or like engaged in American issues at the expense of Australian issues because everyone only has so much capacity. Mm. You're going to use it up on American issues where you can't really do anything about it. Yeah. You can't attend a protest. Like it's harder to donate money. Yeah. Why not do? What is that saying? Um, Think global, act local. Yeah. But it's not as glamorous. I don't no, it's think. Not, it's I think not. that's the issue. It's just that's the same with social media activism. Like, it's much more glamorous to like share a couple of things on your story, and like say that you're going to the next protest, but it's actually a lot harder to like roast, boom roast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a lot harder to like do things in your own community, like with your own two hands. And I I think it's important to keep up with what is happening in America because America has such a big influence on mm. media and just culture generally. Yeah. So whatever's happening in politics there will be very loud. It'll swamp our media here and literally everybody's exposed to it because yeah. social media um, will show people voting, who they're voting for. It'll have commentary about um, who's better, Trump, Biden, whatever. So I think it's really important to know what people will be consuming, what they'll be exposed to, mm-hmm. because that will then influence their views, which they can vote on here. Yeah. So I think while American election, like state election, they might not be directly comparable, mm. it's still important to understand what is happening in America. Yes. Yeah. There's a massive flow on effect. And I think it impacts the way that, like, I think that since, and, and this is probably a bold statement, but I think that since Biden was elected, the flow on effect is that we are now seeing how bad Scott Morrison is. Mm. I think that while Trump was in power, Morrison just like was able to fly directly under the radar. And I think that everything has just come out. I mean, maybe it's conveniently timed, but I don't think so. I think that now that that sort of like tirade has ended in that sense, that episode, that awful black mirror Mm -hmm. is over, at least it's boxed for a while. Scott Morrison's now come out to play and we're like, what the fuck here? Like, especially because, like, think about the climate summit. Like, that Mm. climate summit wouldn't have happened, right? Biden's climate summit. Oh, yeah, no, not with Trump. Trump And then Scott Morrison looked like, you know, the guy with the dick in his hand. Yeah. (laughs) I told him the podcast, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, It's actually a bit alarming, like, how close, um, if you look at a, like, the politicians mapped down on a political compass how close Scott Morrison was to Trump. Yeah. Mm. Um, People weren't willing to admit that either. No. No one would have said that. And I understand why. The other thing is people have a go at, I think I've said this on the podcast before, people have a like go about how bad Trump is, can't believe the Americans voted for him, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, we voted for Tony Abbott. Yeah. So, and he, he was like around before Trump. Cause I think like, I have this whole theory, I'm not going to go into it, but basically <laughs> um, Trump like activated these types of politicians and Boris Johnson, in my opinion, is a perfect example. Like you look at him and you're like, that's British Trump. Yeah. Like he, he may not be as, I mean, I don't think anyone is as bad, but Mm. it's, he's like activated this kind of like Trumpian, but we've had Pauline Hanson for years and we had Tony Abbott and Mm. like, they were the, they're the same breed of this, like Mm. very polarizing populist figures. And I think people just want to be like, Oh, Americans, bunch of idiots. Look Mm. what they did. I'm like, we, we did it. And we're still doing it. Pauline Hanson's been around for an alarmingly long period of time. Yes. 
I agree. So is Peter Dutton. I think another difference between ScoMo and Trump, even though they might be fundamentally very, very similar, in Australia we see less of, I think, class structures. So Trump is this very rich businessman. He has mm. he had a lot of influence even before he joined the political race. Whereas ScoMo, we still somehow perceive him as some ochre Aussie yes, bloke. one of us. Yeah, one of us, when he's really not. He is very wealthy and has been very privileged his entire life. Yes. Whereas we just see him as... The guy that drank yeah, the beer at the footy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The guy that shit himself at Egadine Mackett. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I think it's because... Um, you're absolutely right. I think in America there's a huge disparity between the classes. So Emily oh, recently wrote an article, which we'll link in the description, about... I'll let you... can. I won't butcher it. You can... So it was basically me ranting about people who label themselves as being socially progressive but fiscally conservative, mm -hmm. which is an oxymoron, as I mentioned in the article. <laughs> <laughs> Go and read. <laughs> Give us clicks. Yeah. Go and read it. And when I first read this, I thought the, the first thing I thought was people who say that think that the economy is more important than human lives because a lot of like lefty causes are to do with like you know, autonomy and putting people first, people before money, things like that. Um, like immigration is a political issue. Um, LGBTQIA rights is a political issue. Usually racial issues are political issues. Um, and I wonder if people, I wonder how much of it. So actually, no, I will say this. I was going to not say, <laughs> but so I used to know somebody who I thought, um, I didn't think she was we have a lot of conversations and we seem to agree social, on social issues most of the time. Like she used to sometimes say things that made me think that she thought I was really radical, but like, you know, she, you know, identified as a feminist, all of these things, blah, blah, blah. And then one day she just told me that she votes conservative. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> um, and I was really like shook by it. Like usually I try not to react to these things because I don't want people like, you know, I don't know. I just don't think it's very nice for someone to tell you that. And you're just like, what? You're evil. <laughs> um, so I try to like actually cool usually, but I actually like, I visibly like mm. reacted and she was like, oh, oh, like, oh, and, you know, I've triggered Kristen, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why, why do you do that? And she was like, well, um, because it's like, I'm looking out for my own interests. And I was like, okay, so all these issues that you care about, Allegedly, <laughs> but you, you, you care more about your personal like investment property. My major concern is like, I don't understand when privileged people vote, they're voting on behalf of purely themselves. That's my fundamental problem with this issue is like, for me, voting for yourself, who is already in a position that is far, far ahead of others in our community, literally in the communities and the suburbs that we live in, it's not some faraway land. It's literally the people in our own suburbs. Voting on behalf of yourself and your own like your own direct future and whether the tax bracket suits you is not right. I, I, I don't understand. I, I hope I never get to a point in my life where I don't consider the needs of others when I vote as, as, as a person, as an individual. Yep. That's my major concern with it is like, why do I feel like as an already privileged person, I can just vote on my behalf of my own interests and not consider the needs of others and who's been left behind by the way that I'm voting? Yes. I think that's um, a lot of the time I think that lots of social issues that are split down the political line is a lot of the times 
um, people who vote conservative are very concerned and wrapped up in these issues that don't actually affect them. Like, yeah. for example, like marriage equality is a perfect per- is a perfect one. A lot of um, like straight religious I'm, and I'm being stereotypical here. Straight religious people are saying, "No, I don't believe that that's right." Even though it would never affect them, like they would never marry, like have a same-sex marriage. And mm. then people who are more progressive are like, "Well." I want these people who are not in the same demographical social groups as me to be able to have the rights that I have. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I don't care. But like, I don't feel the need to dictate. Exactly. And I just don't understand it bother how me. you can be so attached to, like, okay, I understand the purpose of religion. I understand why people have those beliefs. But we're a secular nation. So when we vote for a political party, why do you believe that it should reflect the religious beliefs that you hold? Because I actually believe that even, like, I think that 95% of our country, and this might be a really lost stat, like, I I might be completely wrong, but I believe that people who are religious would still believe in in having secular politics and law. Mm. Like, do do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that people who are extremely Christian, like, Maybe Scott Morrison, I mean, I'm not going to say on behalf of him, like, but I think that they understand why our politics and our policies can't be based in religious beliefs. Yeah. Right? I think people fundamentally agree with that idea. Mm-hmm. But why then do they, are their belief systems in how they vote on behalf of other people have to be, well, I'm Christian and I don't believe in same-sex marriage, so therefore you can't have it. Because my thought is, if you're Christian and you believe that, like, why... You acknowledge that I don't have to believe in what you believe in. So why then do you get to dictate to me what I can and can't do? Like, that's my confusion. We've got away from the fiscal. But (laughs) I think it's a good example because I think it's about how you vote and the mindsets that you take to voting. I think the people that are saying they're socially progressive and fiscally conservative are the same sort of people in our demographic that vote like their parents. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And... Just going back to the what you were saying before, um, someone who is religious and say votes against same-sex marriage, I also believe that they are their personal beliefs. Yeah. They don't have to get married to somebody of the same sex, yes. but they can't impose their religion on me. Yeah. I yes. always believe that nobody should be voting just according to their religion. Yeah. But I think, like, when we sit these people down, and if, like, for example, like, maybe my grandparents would be uncomfortable with the idea of people being gay and getting married. Like, I understand there's them. Well, I understand that because of their lives and the way they live and the traditions and, and how they've grown up, they may not quite understand. But if I sat down and we broke it down, like, okay, if if we asked a series of questions, do you think that Australian law should be based in religion? Do you think this, this, and this? I think the answer would get to well, I shouldn't be able to dictate. Like, if you answered all the contextual questions, I think that most people would agree that religion should not dictate law and vice versa, right? But I think that when it comes to, well, should people, should, you know, same-sex marriage be legalised, that's when it's like, oh. But it's like, you kind of agree with everything around it. It's just when you are asked this particular question, you say no. I think there's lots of religious people who, well, Christians in Australia, who do think that the, that the, uh, their religion should dictate the law. Yeah. Because they see that as the way. Yeah. It, it's not like their religious their religion has just impacted their beliefs or influenced yeah. their beliefs. Mm. It's that that should be the way. Yes. It is how everybody should live by. This and because it, it influences how they vote. Mm. Okay, this is a new question now. When, and I, I think we base this in Christianity because I think most of these people that we're referring to are Christians. Mm. 
when they say or when these people say you know that their religion should dictate the law do you think it's based in the fact that they don't want other religions to have influence like think about the Pauline Hansons yeah it's not necessarily about Christianity it's about the prevention of Islam right so is it then about the prevention of Islam or is it about is it pro-Christianity or anti-other religions like is it anti-atheism or is it anti-other religions or is it Let's, yeah, you understand what I'm saying, I think. In a similar way to how if there's a women's, a women's issue, there will be certain people who don't vote for other genders or for men. They will just vote anti-women. Yes. Mm. It's just voting, yes. yeah. It's not voting for what you believe it's in. Just, it's voting anti-anything else. I guess it's because they think it's radical, so they just want to yes. strike it down. I also think that the people who are, you know, the Pauline Hansons, the, like they're, you know, anti-Sharia law mm. people, even though... When is Sharia law ever going to go? Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm just preaching to the choir. But I actually don't necessarily think those are Christians. I think that's like a certain portion of the population who are um, unfortunately not educated and probably have been brought up in a bubble. I don't mm. think religion, I don't think their the religion of those people actually impacts it that much. Like, I don't think that, I think they're two like separate issues that might have some people that overlap but I don't think necessarily. I think that a lot of the um, Christian Australian Christians who will vote for, like will vote ag against marriage equality, things like that, are just concerned about their religion influencing their vote and how they think the law should be. I don't yeah. think it has, I don't think it necessarily, it's, I don't think it's necessarily them who are anti other religions, even though they do, like Christians do believe that theirs is the only true religion and blah, blah, blah. But I don't but think everyone it's necessarily... Kind of believe that in this essence. Yeah, exactly. Well, otherwise you're not very good at religion, <laughs> frankly. Like I'm an atheist and I believe that that is the true way. Like otherwise, what would the point be? Point be? Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I respect... Well, I, actually, I don't know. Sorry, it's really getting off topic, but <laughs> as I'm agnostic. Like I'm like happy to be proven wrong. Right? Really? Like I, yeah. I'm happy to be offensive because like... If, I mean, I believe in science, mm -hmm. but if God came down and was like, what up? I'd be like, holy shit, this is huge, right? <laughs> I would be like, legit, X group was right. Yeah. Like, cool for them, mm -hmm. right? But I, I'm happy to be proven wrong. I'm not, like, of the belief that there is nothing. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it just, it doesn't, I also hate the view that, like, where's your morality and purpose if without God? I just don't get it. No, me neither. But, sorry, guys. You can have your own, but that's just like taking agency away. It's like, I can have my own morals that come from my life and my experiences. Yeah, I'm not going to murder someone. Ooh, it's not because Jesus or God will strike me exactly, down. Exactly, exactly. Like, it's because yeah. it's wrong. Anyway. Oh, God. Um, to the other physical Some people do see like economic values as some kind of religion. Like you take some mm. private school educated white privileged yes. boy. Mm -hmm. they It's like their whole world revolves around capitalism. Yes, yeah. exactly. And they will never speak against it. Yes. But, and I think that has pervaded even my thoughts as somebody who's been raised fairly progressively yeah. and is quite liberal in my thinking. Um, I have said to people in the past, I know I should care more about the economy, but I vote according to this. Mm. And in as I've grown older, mm. I've realised, no, 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 why do I feel like I should care more about the economy? Why mm. did I think that? Yeah. Yeah, it's because the economy as like an entity just has the best PR ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think like, the thing is, is that the stats show that when we um, fund 
and, and, and fund areas that help marginalized people and vulnerable people, it actually benefits our economy mm. and it outweighs, you know, what people's perception is of what will happen when we donate and fund and, you know, divert government spending to these areas like health and education. Yeah. Like if we, but then the confusing thing for me is like, is it because the Liberal Party knows that if they fund education, they might have a, um, a, an educated portion of the public that then doesn't vote the Liberal Party back in ever again? Yeah. Like, are these things, are they aware? Probably not, Probably because I don't think they'd, they'd realise that that would be the outcome. I think that the whole, like, political system in Australia is purposefully inaccessible because it doesn't benefit them for the public to know, to understand the systems. Yeah. Otherwise, why, otherwise we would be teaching politics and like how to vote in schools yeah but there's people who go their whole life not understanding like preferential voting for example and like especially some place some in some elections where preferential voting is mandatory if you just put a one then your vote is thrown away like there's so many people who don't who don't understand that or who get the how to vote cards and just like get the how to vote card from their preferred party and then just copy that just copy it down because they think it's like the rules. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say the Liberal Party specifically, but, but I think that in, the, in general, the, the system is, is like specifically confusing. At our first exposure in life as Australians to some kind of voting mm. or political idea would be at primary school when you vote for like a sports captain or a school captain, something like that. Mm -hmm. And this, 11 year old kid will get up in front of the school and say, I'm putting lemonade in the bubblers. Yes. And you're thinking that is spectacular. I'm voting for that person. Yeah. And we kind of retain that. Yeah. I never thought about that way. Our entire mm -hmm. life. And we, we see someone go, here's this thing. And we go, that will benefit me. I mm. like it. Yeah. Let's vote that way. But it yeah. also goes back to as well in those situations, we kind of vote for the popular person with uh, empty promises and we don't follow up on them mm -hmm. as opposed to the person that you know is actually the most equipped for the role. Yes. Also, you know, primary school kids, how big is their capacity to be like, just going to be the you best know. person for the role. I remember exactly. I would listen to the speeches and know who was going to get it, but no, but I think we knew who should get it. Yeah. Mm. Like there's always that, there's always a balance of someone that you knew would be more equipped and would do better in the role and would actually try and work towards something. And the person that just wanted it for the badge. It's in, a popularity thing. In exactly. my high school, the team that got chosen was a mix of popular and the people that were equipped. But the best part was that you'd elect a team of 10 and then the actual positions would be chosen by each member of the 10 person team would have an interview with like the principal and the executive board and they would choose who was each position based on the interview. But the person who got, I'm proud to say the people that got school captain were definitely the people that should okay. have got it. And it was my best friend, but she was the person that should have got it. Well, that was primary school, but in high school, mm. they were kind of, they were chosen by the teachers. I'm pretty sure. And it's more to do with religion than anything else. Mm. Uh, in high school for us, we could put in five votes for people who put them, put themselves up for prefect. Mm -hmm. And then, so prefect was like a popularity thing. The teachers could veto, but I don't think they did looking at the really? Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. And then um, like the school captains was like from that, like they'd have yeah. to speak to like the year coordinator and then speak to the deputy and then speak to the principal. It was like a massive interview process. Yeah. So that felt more. Did you go to a private school? No, I went to a state school. Really? Okay. That's yeah. so interesting. I think the school kind of thought of itself as, as a private school. Yeah, a bit uppity. But... Huh. So did you have to do like religion as a subject? Yeah. I find that so weird. I it was, it was mandatory to year 12. But I, I, it, ours was better because um, I'm to a Catholic high school in mm. Orange, New South Wales, and um, 
the everyone in the year had to do religion to year 12. You could do it as like a non-ATAR subject or you could do it as one unit of your courses out of 10. I did the two unit course, which meant we could do four religions. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like Christianity. We would yeah. pick, like I did Buddhism, um, Islam, Islam, Christianity, and something else, I forget. But it was like, then we went to like, we went on a retreat and we went to like Buddhist temples and like, it was really cool. Like we actually, it was actually a really good like, English based subject, which was like essay writing, which was excellent. But That's like, like I probably would have peaked it even if I went to a state school and it was on offer. Mm. But I did actually did that in grade 11, I think. I think it was my because we didn't really like there was not really any curriculum that everyone just like did whatever they wanted, yeah. which is a bit fucked, really. <laughs> um, especially for religion. Um, and my religion teacher, and I think it was grade 11, did like religion religions around the world and mm. we did the same kind of thing yeah. and I actually thought it was quite like my mum was like really surprised I didn't really see the significance of it back then but now looking at it I'm like that's actually quite shocking that, yeah. it, that we they even that. covered it yeah well you had to I mean they wanted you to succeed more than they probably wanted to push their own agenda N incorrect <laughs> <laughs> oh, <fuck>. wrong I like your positive thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I need that optimism. Yeah. <laughs> if you found us just totally relatable and quirky, come back next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, head to cheekmedia.com.au to tide you over until then. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>